I remember telling my grandpa, when I grow up, I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to fight the government so they don't mess with my grandpa. You know? Yeah. And, and, and that advocacy has sat with me my whole life. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Disclaimer alert. This information's for education, so don't just go use it. First consult with your financial advisor, because that's way more legit. That's it. That was Orlando Gomez, and you can catch him in Season 3, Episode 4, on how he broke into tech by writing a jingle. Thank you for joining Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. I'm super excited for today's episode. I've been meeting to have Isai Cortez on for the last few years. He started an awesome group, invited me to it back in the beginning of COVID, basically, and it has been a huge resource for me as well as a lot of other folks. And so all-around good person has a lot on his plate, so I'm, I'm really thankful he made time to be a guest on my show. He is an LA native. He's an adjunct professor. He's a tax attorney. Actually, has his own tax business. And if you think that wasn't enough, he actually started his own startup as well, which is called SyncBooks. So I'm excited to share his story with you. Going back to age four, the reason for his why definitely highlights some of the fun stuff I kind of see in Asai just from my conversations and seeing him and what he's all about where yep he's definitely passionate about supporting people and and being an advocate for people i would say in quotations uh, kind of like a fighter for sure <laughs> when it comes to uh, sticking up for other people not not fighting just for the sake of fighting but you can tell that isai is going to be there to, to stand up for the small guy and, and help people out and that's definitely been my experience just kind of seeing him in action so i hope you enjoy this episode Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's been, gosh, we've been, you know, speaking for what, over like almost three years now. So we yeah. never actually officially, uh, I think, I don't think we've been on video chat together yet, right? No, every time I was in one of our kind of big virtual meetings, I think you just were away. And then, and then I'm usually pretty busy too with family and work stuff. It's, it's been awesome to to be in your sphere it was in the middle of pandemic like probably a few months into a pandemic and and i'm not sure what what made you reach out to me but yeah you invited me to this kind of small tight-knit community and and it's been cool to interact with people and see people different different strengths and weaknesses kind of align and then join different different things together create different things together and then and then the parties too i know i'm not there local with a majority of you guys but i'm still still there in spirit and it's been awesome and well well needed from my end like especially in the middle of covid we didn't go out do anything and so i still had that community there so yeah thanks thanks for doing that it's that's a small piece of why i wanted you on here another big reason is you're super successful kind of across the board you have your business and then you started a startup as well so give me a brief description about who Isa is, and, and then we'll dive in a little bit more from there. Thank you again for having me here. It's kind of like, it's cool, you know, because just watching you also as an entrepreneur and as a, as a father and stuff like that is actually quite inspiring as well. So, you know, just thank you for all that you did too. You know, you're, you're active in the community, which is really, really important. I think just for people to know that, Hey, I'm here. I may not be able to 
make functions. I mean, we're fathers, but <laughs> do stuff. Yeah. I, you know, it, it, and so, you know, and, and you're in Colorado. So it's like, you, you know, you're in a different, a lot of the people that are like a little bit more interactive, at least in person are people in LA just because yep. the way it is here, you know what I mean? And so it, it's, it's nice that you're still interactive in your own way and people know who you are because you show up. And so thank you for that. You know, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. But I always let people know that like, Hey, I might not be able to make things at live events, but shoot me a message, shoot me an email yeah. and, and you're never in a fall through the, the cracks. I'll make yeah. I give you good, good responses. Yeah. Yeah. People value that. So thank you for that. So who am I? Right. So, you know, my family are immigrants from El Salvador and, you know, they were granted amnesty here to, to stay here by Ronald Reagan. So, which is a big reason why, regardless of how controversial he is, I'm a big fan of him because when my family was growing up, we didn't have the same fears that like our Mexican parents have. You know what I mean? So yeah. we were, even though immigration was a scary thing, it wasn't like we weren't going to be removed. My mom at least was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. We can't imagine me being like a, a five-year-old, you know, or a six-year-old and granted it, I think being afraid of being deported, my mom being, and we weren't afraid of that. You know what I'm saying? We were afraid of other stuff, but it wasn't for <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so, you know, I was born in, in Hollywood, California. And so when I think about like, like why I, I am who I am today, it's, it, it's a big part is I was four years old. Yeah. And, you know, I thought my grandfather was the toughest guy. I grew up without a father. So my grandfather was like the person who accepted in my life as a man. Yeah. So he gets a letter from the IRS and, and it's for, for $400. And he's scared. He doesn't know how to read English. Yeah. And, oh. and, and he's freaking out. And for us, 400 might, might as well have been 40,000. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so we're, we're barely scraping by, right? Just barely making rent and food and stuff. And so my grandpa was scared. And, you know, I remember telling my grandpa, I still remember this. I remember telling my grandpa, when I grow up, I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to fight the government so they don't mess with my grandpa. You know? Yeah. And, and, and that advocacy has sat with me my whole life, you know, where I feel like I'm the kind of person that will be friends with the nerd. I don't care. I don't need people to like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. not worried about that. You know, I'm very secure in who I am as a man and as a person. Yeah. I think my mom should ask. And so like, for me, when I see somebody get picked on or something like that, like, I feel like I need to like step in. And so yeah. that's where I have the advocacy part. You know, like I remember, I think I posted this on Twitter. I had one client who, he was a long-term client. He was asking me, he's like, dude, why are you charging me this much for this work? And I'm like, look, man, like it takes, it's not as easy as it sounds easy in theory. Yeah. But well, when you're, you simplify things for people, yeah. like you're making their life easier. <laughs> exactly. And then when I do the work, people are like, like, okay, so one time I needed authorization. So I got the client on the phone and the IRS started asking me some like, just gosh, you know, some very like unnecessary questions at this stage. Okay. So after, and so the client stayed on the call and then after he's like, okay, I see what I'm paying for. Yep. You know what I mean? Because he didn't realize like that the IRS is not just like, oh, sure. Here's everything. <laughs> Let me make it easy for you. Know? And yep. so, you know, just going back is like that advocacy has always stayed with me where I want people to get treated justly. I don't need any favors. They're nice. Yeah. But, but just, just be fair, follow the rules, you know? Yep. And so, and so, you know, like I, I, I going through life and, you know, I do pretty well in school. I mean, not a plus student, but I get stuff pretty quick. You know what I mean? I, I, yep. I things I pick up and, you know, I, I graduate high school and I grew up in a poor neighborhood and I, you know, get in trouble as a kid and. And just like, you know, just doing dumb kid stuff, you know, at least dumb <laughs> kid stuff where, where I grew up. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah. And so, 
you know, I get to college finally and, and, and I, I meet this, this person, I'm dating this, this woman and the father's very adamant. He's a lawyer. He's very adamant about being a lawyer. Yeah. And so like, I started to think about that. Even though I never thought about being a lawyer, I always wanted to be in a logistics or sales or something. Yeah. That's kind of like, always been into that business stuff, you know, because my undergrad's at business. So I'm getting my, my undergrad at Cal State Northridge and, you know, I, I got a, in community college, I'm studying economics, and then I start studying business management. And then, you know, I'm looking at like, what do I want to do in my life? Yes. Start looking at being a lawyer, you know what I mean? And so I start applying to law schools and I go to these law school fairs and I meet this woman, Janice Austin, you know, and she's recruiting for Penn State Law School, you know, and so... Dang. I meet her and she's like the sweetest person. And she like <laughs> is like very responsive to me. I wasn't just in lumber to her. And that was yeah. really important. Like, I didn't know it was important at the time. I just like, wow, this lady makes me feel different. Yeah. So basically like, she wants me to be at her school versus like, Hey, you got to accept it. Come if you want. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You have some generic. Sure. Yeah. And she was very much like, you know, just very important to me in my life. Yeah. So I, I still actually. I've spoken with her a few times after she's, she's at Irvine. And then I think she moved to another project after. So, you know, very grateful for her. And so I go to law school and I hate it. <laughs> oh, I was, I was going to actually ask you like, how, how the heck do you go through so much school? Cause I know you're super educated. You're a lawyer, obviously, but yeah, education's a big part of where you got to where you are today. How yeah. do you make it through that initial kind of hatred? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm glad you kind of like, Rock that up because you know those this education is very important. I, I want people to understand that education is very important. But I don't want people to equate education with money, either, right? Because mm -hmm. I know a, I know a lot of blue collar people that make more money than me. <laughs> I want to be clear about. That. Yeah, you know I, I've never met a broke plumber in my life. I've never met a mechanic who didn't have a job. Yeah, yeah. So these are skills that if you hate school. Can still do something that's really hard yep. with your hands. Yeah. Right. Because if my toilet is not working at my house, it may seem like, oh, it's just a toilet. Toilet costs 40 bucks. The plumbing system, whole better ballgame. And yeah. if, if you own a home, you need that plumbing to, you can't just say, well, I'll do it next. No, no, no. It needs to work the second. Yeah. And yep. that second, if you want the plumber to fix it, is like seven, ten thousand dollars Yep. That's it. And so when, when I talk to people, I don't see that as like, like if you're a blue collar to this, it's just a different type of job. I want people yeah. to think of it like, especially in our community, right? Like I'm Latino. I think your, your father is Latino, right? Yep. Yep. Um, and, and so I want people to understand in our community. It's not a diss. Like, again, I've never met a broke family in my life and I've never met a mechanic that didn't have a job. If your car doesn't work, you got to fix it. There's no yep. like, what am I going to do? You're stuck at the shop. It's like the guy says 4,500 bucks and that's what you're going to pay. Yeah. Amazing. Excellent points. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to you making sure you you understand like how your skills can be transferred into to an income, yeah. the life you yeah. kind of want. Because right. yeah, there's there's tons of people that even do make tons of money, millionaires make make million dollars and and they're broke. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of stuff with with some of your tax resolution stuff where it's like, hey, someone made a million, but they're worse off because they didn't think about the taxes and they spent all of it before before tax. Oh, oh, I'm gonna get to that. <laughs> I'm going to get to that because that's a big part of why I, at the end of the year, I have money. Yep. You know, even if they make more than, 
exactly like those same people. Now we go back to the education of those people yep. that have those blue collar jobs that are plumbers that are making really little years I've met them. I've met maybe one or two of those uh, gentlemen that actually knew how to take care of their money and all the other ones just blow. No, you know what I mean? Because they don't have that education on how to take that money. But I've also met educated people yeah. <laughs> like make that money and blow it too. So it, yep. it, 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 it's just sometimes in different ways, you know? You know, so, okay, so education. So I, 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 I tell people, if you want to be a lawyer, do it because you want power, not because you want money. No money, go to medicine. Go to medicine. Okay. Because in medicine, there's so much money and you could be a nurse and make 200 And then also for other people that are not domain experts, you get this instant, like people think, you know, and not me, I see other lawyers that don't know what they're doing and they just get silly, get like red carpet treated. I'm like, that person doesn't know what <laughs> But there are lawyers, as a lawyer, I, I believe that they're smart enough to do that. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So I see this in many different, different arenas, right? So, you know, I'm in law school. I, you know, I, I've already got, like, you know, go to junior college or community college and you get, like, an associate's of business economics. I love economics. So that's fun. So you get, get like, a, uh, I go to Casting Northridge and they get a business, a degree in business administration. So I love that. So that's fun. And then I go to, now it's, I, I graduate my undergrad in 2007. And then I start Penn State. I, I get my, my little Honda Accord and I drive across yeah. the country. In August, September. No, August, September. Yeah. Start my little car, get to Pennsylvania. The apartments, two bedroom apartments are 400 bucks a month. Oh, wow. Fancy ones. The fancy ones are 650 bucks a month. <laughs> yeah. It's and so then I leave the law school. Then I meet this professor, Mr. Barker, who was a tax professor. Because I hate my first year in law school as an artist, right? Mm -hmm. Hate it. Hate it. But one thing that's in the Alan Fugler Law Office, because it's, it's important, you know, after my first year in law school, like I come back, you know, the law school was already like, I think, well, our class, like 15, 18% people of color, you know? Yep. And so yep. we come back and, we're like, hey, where's Jose? Where is, you know, like Tyree? Where are all these people that are our friends? Yeah. And they're not, they're not there. You know what I mean? Well, and I think Christian founded Hyde to begin with. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> yeah. And so after the first year, they didn't make the cut, unfortunately, yeah. that job. Yep. You know, and so that, that was a big, that, and so even though I didn't have the best grades, I was like, yeah, I, I thought I did better because I never worked so hard to get it like <laughs> slightly above average grade. Yep. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, I deserve a better grade. Then after I'm like, holy crap, maybe they forgot me and I better just stay quiet, you know? Yeah. I'm like, I'm still here, you know? They just and, got impacted up with one of those. <laughs> yeah. That I felt like that. I was like, oh my gosh. And then it was me and my, my other buddy who's African-American and we're like, we're like, yo, dude, like, what's going on? You know, we we're just yeah. like caught off guard. We didn't know. We were just back and then no. we didn't realize that we were one of the few that were back. You know? Yeah. And so, so after that, I think a tax course and I'm like, this I like. Yeah. This right here, this makes sense. I'm like, two plus two is four, unless Congress says it's seven. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the, I, it's the taxes are something else, right? Like, they're like multiple years and years different administrations doing different things and sometimes they fix things and make things all make sense and then and then they'll just do something random right and it's like yeah how the heck does like that even make sense and you just oh. have to know how those things play together 
Yeah, here's what you have to know is that the people writing the tax laws are not tax attorneys. Yeah. And so they're not tax <laughs> practitioners. Yep. So, you know, they, they're, they're, some, of, some of them are economists and stuff like that, which look at the world differently. Okay. But that doesn't mean that's how it's going to work in applications. <laughs> so then you have all the people that are fixing like the, 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 the rules and, and, and like how you're supposed to apply these different things, which yep. sometimes doesn't make sense very well. So you got to have all these extra guidelines and all these extra things to say like, okay, here's what we meant. Yep. You know what I mean? Because on its face, it, it, we, we understand it's confusing. You know? And so here's yep. more guidance and here's more guidance. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes you can't act right until you get that guidance. Like, what, especially with all the stuff, the code yeah. stuff, and the, the, all the, the interesting stuff. part. The interesting part about that is when the guidance is supposed to come out in May, but the project is the, the stuff. The form is due in April. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And like, I, you want me to turn it in in April, but you haven't given us the guidelines on how to do this stuff. And so they're yep. like, yeah, on extension, but you don't say that. You know, you just say, yep. good luck. <laughs> So, you know, that, that's kind right. of how, how it is. And so, you know, I'm taking tax and then I start taking all the tax class. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really, I really, really love it. And so, you know, going to law school, I graduated in 2010, which was a nightmare to get to. It was <laughs> yeah. a total, total nightmare. There was like, I mean, I always tell people when we talk about grit, I have like between 2010 to 2011, have about like maybe six to 700 applications that I submitted. I mean, oh, I- boy. Oh yeah. I submitted a lot. So just so you know, like I, I, it was a lot of work and nobody even, they didn't even respond and say, sorry, we rejected it. Like, sorry. Cause everybody yeah. was doing that. You know what I mean? yeah. It was a really tough time to graduate. And so, you know, I graduated from, from law school and, and, you know, I, it was really nice. I got to speak at the graduation. So that was really fun. Talk about my experience in law school. Hold and on. then I, and then I, I, I applied to get a master's of law from UCLA. Focusing okay. on focusing on business and tax and stuff like that. Yeah. So I go get another degree. So now I got <clears throat> AA, I got a bachelor's, I got a JD, and now I'm going to go get a master's of law. Yeah. And, I'll, That's and crazy. Some, of us, some of us got that degree just to like stay relevant. Some of us thought we needed it. Do you need it? No. Did it help me a lot? It really did. Yeah. It, and that was during that time too, where you had sent out all those applications like, I might as well go back to school and, and not make it seem like there's this big gap. <laughs> I, I never left. I never left school. Yeah. I was still in school. Yep. I graduated. As soon as I, I graduated, I studied for the bar. You know, I, that summer I rented a room about 30 miles outside of town, outside of LA in a city called Ontario, which was right next to the convention center where you take the test. Okay. So, so I, every day I, 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 I took the job of being the person that was in charge of inserting the, the DVDs. Yep. And back, back in my time. And so the reason I did that was so I wouldn't show up late and I like had to be responsible. To be there. <laughs> yep. So I was responsible for like submitting the test, sending them back to well, the bar prep course and all that stuff. Nice. And, uh, and it was really, really nice because, because I was a part of that group, I got to do extra things with the school. So that school that I was at was called Laverge. And so they paid far free extra money to do extra courses so their students bar passes they would be higher yeah you know and because i was a person doing the dvds i got to benefit from that no nice. so they were like hey hey Isai, if you can't so just mail the, the stuff back and forth you can you can you can go ahead and take the test with them and just get the extra work and i'm like Damn. okay yeah it was yeah. awesome because i got like an extra like i don't know like 12 papers graded or something like that and with more feedback and all that yeah. stuff so it was really really important 
you know, because when it's time to take the bar, like I, right before the, the bar, I was like scoring the highest in the country in the multiple choice. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because we're able to gauge ourselves against other Barton students in the country, you know? Yeah. But my head, my essays were not good. And, I was like, oh. and so yeah. that was beautiful that they were helping me with my essays. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so like, and so like my essays gradually got a little bit better. And so, you know, I took the bar, passed the bar, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm in school and I still getting the job is really hard. And then finally yeah. I get this, this crappy job at, at this like chili crappy firm. Oh, yeah, no good, but it was something. But you know, that, yeah. that was a really, really important because, you know, I worked there and I learned some fundamentals that I was able to sort of take on on my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And so once I did that, now I'm like, oh, wow, I learned this fit. And then I took the, the step of, okay, I'm going to go out on my own. And boy, it's been a ride ever since. You know, yeah. Like, you know, my mom, I told her, she just gave me $5,000. You know, she was like, like, you know, I don't have any money. You know, my mom's a, like a nanny and a housekeeper. Yeah. And she just had some money saved up and she was like, I gave it to me. I'm going to give you this money. You know, like, I don't have anything else. This is like the best I could ever offer. You know? Yeah. And, and I turned tur tur that money and my hustle into like millions of revenue <laughs> today, <laughs> like millions in assets and you know, yeah. stuff like that, dude. Like, so. It, it it was a it was a funky ride, and you know, like my first customers all came from Facebook. So I was oh wow, I don't have yeah. I mean, I I got off Facebook in 2014. I deleted it, but in 2012 when I started my own firm, I literally went to all my friends. I had like yeah. like seven seven hundred friends, and I emailed because I was already used to submitting applications. And getting yeah, yeah. I I I submitted. Copy you were just numb. You're numb to people. Enough to rejection. Enough <laughs> to rejection. And so I, 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 I sent out, Hey, my name's, e Hey, it's Esai. You know, I started my own tax firm. If you know anyone who has tax funds or anything, just you know, hit me up. So copy and paste, copy and paste. Yep. Um, everyone. And then maybe like three clients I got from there. One was for like 10,000. One was for like 5,000. Yeah. And all of a sudden now I have cat and I have cash. Yeah. And so then one of my, one of my first clients was a plumber and he was a plumber that was making about 300 K a month. Right? Okay. A month. And so. Oh. A month. <laughs> yeah. Dang. So he actually showed me how to use Google ads. So he sat me down and he was like, do you use ads? I'm like, no, I don't, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So he's like, here's how I get all my clients. So he like showed me that all of a sudden I'm like, dang, I'm like, this is cool. So then I started doing it. And all of a sudden, like, it's like, I remember, I still remember it was like a Saturday afternoon. I'm, I'm sitting with my friend at the time and we're just like watching TV and stuff. And all of a sudden. I get a call from a stranger. I'm like, hi. I don't even know if this is in the Yeah. And they're like, is, is this a tax office? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how, how, how can I help you? And then all of a sudden I get another client just off Google ads, you know? And I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. And all of a sudden it turns into a business, you know? And then all yep. of a sudden it's like, like I got like attorneys working under me. I got like, you know, I got like all these other people working under me. And I'm just helping people with tax problems. And, and, you know, the first few years up until 2000 and like, I would say 14, it was mainly uh, like people that owe money and stuff. And then as the economy got stronger, hotter, yeah. it was le less about that and more about people getting audited because people got greedy. <laughs> yep. Audited. Yep. And so then oh, I, my, whole, my whole practice turned into like people getting audited and, and, and people, you know, because here's what we got to look at in the collection part of my work. It's exactly what we were talking about earlier. Like you make a million dollars, but at the end of the year, you're actually negative a hundred K because you have credit card debt. Yeah. 
Yep. Other person makes a million dollars. They have all their bills paid and they have like an extra 50K in the bank account, yep. IRA or some, something like that. You know what I mean? And, and so, you know, it's like, it's the way you manage your money. Like, here's what I've learned. More money is not going to solve your problem. Yeah. Because I've seen, I've seen people say, make 100K a year. And then they're like, if I just make a little bit, make a little bit more, yep. I'll be okay. They make 240K a year and they're still in the hole. Yep. Yeah, I see that all the time. Yep. Yeah. And so the, the thing is, you got to manage that 180 to make sure that you don't get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like if you can manage that 180 and live off, like, let's say 170 with tax included. Yep. Then when you make that 240, it's a game changer. Yeah. Yep. And you know what I'm saying? Because it, it's crazy. It just comes down to just a little bit more awareness, right? Like. When you have that much money, like how many transactions occur compared to if someone that was only making like 50 or 60,000 and, and I know a lot of people that are not in California, so cost of living is probably a little bit different, but I've seen people $60,000 a year doing better than people making 200,000 a year, same, same locations. And it's just like, Hey, they, they save like 5,000 here, but the people making 200,000 they're, they're yeah, going into credit card debt for getting to pay all their taxes when stock yeah. option hit and things like that. And all of a sudden they're like freaked out and, and they reach out to you. It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> sort of what happens quite often. And so, gosh, you know, I've seen people make like a million and a half a year and say they don't have money to pay the IRS. Yeah. Yep. And they're freaked out, right? Yeah. And they're, and I'm like, they're like, well, how am I supposed to survive? And I'm like, <laughs> you make a million and a half a year. And yep. that's how it's that lean. All of my, so I've seen it happen. Well, we work hard to to educate people, but some people don't want to be educated. I'm more of a nuisance, you know. And, and, yep. and so that's kind of like, like you know, the life cycle. And so, when I spent so much time on helping people with, you know, my tax burn, I built a great reputation for what I do. You know? Yeah. Not everybody loves us, but nobody could say I ever written one. <laughs> well, and you know, you know, here's how I ask: If you're not happy, take all your money. Yeah. Not gonna. It's not a fight. Yeah, it's not a fight. Like, I, 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 I've never been really, really big on like. Sometimes when I've done all the work and people, there's some other stuff like it's a different, yeah, situation. But yeah. I'm saying like if, I, if I'm still working on your stuff and you're upset and you're frustrated, no, and you don't like me, yeah, take your money back. It's not yeah. a fight. This isn't a yeah. fight with like. It's not even an argument. Like here's all your money. Sign yeah. it. Sign, sign a disengagement letter and, and go about your way. I'm not gonna work in negative energy. Like yeah, I'm, you're your life. It's too important and I, it's so easy to, to have something negative happen and all of a sudden you bring it home and then wife and kids have to, to deal with cranky, cranky me or cranky you. And it's like, no, not, like, I don't know about you, but I, I started my business to like have more flexibility, have the best life ever. And, and it doesn't mean making the most money ever, just making sure I'm working with the people that are going to value me and, and I'm going to have fun working with. And yeah, it sounds like that's kind of your direction. Like as soon as it seems like it's not a fit. Like why, why waste your time there? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm okay with things being hard. Or, yeah. Yeah. Hard and the clients pressure me like, Hey, do this. Like I'm with you and I'm sorry. And I'm trying to explain yep. it. This isn't, that's not what I'm talking about. If someone doesn't like me, it's yeah. unreasonable. Yep. Like, like I told you, I can only do A and you want A, B and C. That's not, <laughs> I never yep. read. It's in the yep. agreement that I never said that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so like, once people get unreasonable and like start making like weird, like, Passive aggressive stuff to me. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. You know, but if, yep. but I've been in cases where it's about pressure and the clients putting more pressure on me to get, and I'm like, 
hey, client, I'm with you. I'm trying <laughs> to, but then, and I'm like, you know what? I'll go to trial. I'll do all that. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I agree with you. No, and I'm sorry they're not listening. I yeah. don't know all that. You know, I, I agree with you. So I just want to be clear that it's not about pressure. It's about like unreasonable and someone being unkind, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Respect, respect and fairness. And and you mentioned that before as far as like the price. I'm like, yep. Obviously your your services and your expertise and your niche, like it costs money and and obviously you you provide valuable service. You what you do is super, super intense, I imagine, right? Like especially when you talk about litigation, like you're in there throwing throwing punches with the IRS basically and like being being in between the the client and the IRS and and yeah, there's there's a lot going on there and, and yet you're providing a ton of value. So people I don't recognize that definitely, definitely you're not gonna waste your time and, and impact your kind of quality of life. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly it. Like there's there's nothing, you know, I'm currently in, in Thailand right now. Yeah. Having having a vacation with my family and I don't need any negative energy. Like this is like what we talk about. Like, I yeah. I love I love my job. I love my life. I can work remote. You know, I work still I still work five hours while I'm here. I wake up yeah. in the morning, I do two hours in the mornings and then I do maybe one hour in the middle of the day when the kids are sleeping. And then I do another three hours at night. I just yep. work from like, maybe like eight to level. I mean, I don't go out. I don't drink alcohol. But, but, you know, I don't party. I got kids. So I don't, <laughs> yes. like, it's the day that's really fun for us. We go to beach and then we go to like a, like a fun market and, and then the kids get to play around a little bit and everyone's happy. Yeah. You know, we make memories. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And, yeah. And so like, for me, like, I love my work, so it doesn't feel like, oh, you're on vacation, you shouldn't be working. Here's a, here's a difference. You work for yourself, it never turns off. That's one thing I want people to know. So yeah. there's this really, really, it's from ink.com or and, and the saying goes like this. Being an entrepreneur is like writing a lie, right? And so everyone sees somebody writing a lie and they're like, wow. That person writing the line is really, really brave. <laughs> the yeah. person, the person writing the line is like, "How the hell do I get off without?" <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, no, no, I, I know it's crazy. Yeah, you know, I've interviewed some of the some of our us, other members from my group, mm-hmm. and the, the common thing is like, you know, as an entrepreneur, is like, what do you ever feel like? <sighs> you don't. Yep. You you have moments, and that's the thing that that makes me a lot different than people. Yep. To have moments when things are really good and then just pause and I take it in and I say, it's good for now. Yep. That doesn't mean you stop working. Yep. I'm just, I'm just enjoying that. There's a lot of revenue coming in or there's like a lot of deals being signed. And so I take a pause. I enjoy it. I relish in it. I sometimes will go with my wife and have like a nice dinner or something like that. And just kind of like be at peace for a minute. Yep. The next morning. Yep. Now you got, now you got to do the work. Yeah, it, it's it's important to find those times and those moments. Yeah. And I I feel like I've gotten really good at it. I don't know if it's because of COVID. I don't know if it's because we just kept having kids and like I and and I'm just super specific. Like I'm just not right now. I'm just not going to sacrifice family stuff for business stuff because yeah, we're I'm at the point where yeah, I went through those crazy years. You went through those crazy years, and. Yeah, just life is life is too important, and still going to grow, still going to do those things. But 
I'm glad that's that you have that because I know I know there's been times because like any business owner, like <laughs> there's there's those rough patches. How have you kind of balanced these things? Has it always been easy? Have you have you ever been just in your head where you're like, no, I can't I can't go on these trips or I can't I can't spend time with family. How like what was it that kind of like allowed you to be like, no, like I, I can get my work in and and do the family stuff and like do this fun vacation at the same time like how how'd you figure that out gosh it's you know i sometimes hate to give twitter so much freaking props but twitter has been an amazing phenomenal human interaction tool not like facebook facebook i yeah. would just post things and yep. people would pretend to be my friends but when i tried to hang out with them they were busy yeah that was my experience with Facebook. and they were like i try to connect with people and they were just like like, why do you like my stuff, but then not want to hang out? It's so cool. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to hang out with you. I want to talk with you. I want to communicate with you. And so Twitter has been interesting. And, you know, that's how we created Cosmo, right? Yeah. We are just Latinx, Latino, whatever, collective community of founders that just want to support. That's nice. Yep. And we have tax Twitter, and we're all in the, in the fight together. You know, we're like, just fight with the government. Just clients that are <laughs> Yep. And, and that's you. And so one thing I learned is from like those people that like, I should communicate with private sometimes. We have this like to collect this energy to like want to be better, right? Yeah. I'll never forget when Logan given props on text Twitter. Yep. You know, post the, what is it? The, the cat in the cradle or the dog in the cradle? You know, you know the song? Oh, yeah, yeah. The song. Yep. What, what is it? Is it Cat in the Cradle or Dog in the Cradle? I don't know the actual thing, but it's like the little boy blue and the man in the moon type. Yeah. Yeah. Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. By, by Harry, Harry Chapin. And, and, you know, just the song was about a farmer's present for his kid. Oh, wow. And, and, and at the end, was it when the, when the father is sick and old, the kid doesn't have time. He's with his own baby, doesn't have time. Yeah. Boy, that shifted to the because we were working during the pandemic. We were like, yeah, I was getting like random, like, you know, physical, like just like hair falling off sometimes, you know, oh, like cranky there. Yeah, like just like, stress, stress out. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? And you know, like when I think about that, I had a plot of what was the most important thing in my life. Yep. Yep. Like in my business, there's been times where it's small. And when it's slow. I used to turn EDC to my staff, which means every dollar counts. Yeah. yeah so that's, <laughs> yep. when, that's when we deal with those clients that I don't want to yep. deal with. You know, yep. like, I'm like, we got to take them. We have no choice. Yep. Yep. And that's kind of the thing where you like, I have a little bit more grace for those people. Yep. Well, you know, I try to curb that as much as possible. Not, it's not all, all in. I'll still not want to fight with them, but, yep. you know, and there's all these tools that are a little beneficial, like things I've learned is like, you know, PayPal. I'm a, I've been PayPal for a long time. So okay. PayPal has to be called Orchid Capital. Yeah, I've seen you share that on Twitter. It's yeah, cool. it's it, it's a it's a beautiful tool because I'm I, I'm not going away from PayPal, and so they'll give you but like you'll have like hundred K sitting on your bank account for like two minutes. It's crazy. Yeah, and just based on your sales, you know, and and the thing that I learned about that was, and this is a, an important lesson for other entrepreneurs, is you borrow money when you're doing good. Yeah. Well, because that's the only time you can get it. <laughs> and, and when you're slow and you're trying to borrow money, that 100K turns into like 
twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because because PayPal sees that you're not making as much money, so they're like, we're not going to give you that much. Yeah, but if you're making a killing. PayPal's like, here's a hundred k, two minutes, just sign it away. Yeah, yeah. They, they, and I'm a big fan because they take it, they take it from like your your sales. So yep. it's not very strict on how we collect. So I'm a big fan of, of, of anything that works out. Yeah. Mean? So uh, a big fan of it. If and so what I what I've learned is like sometimes when I'm doing really well, I'll borrow money just for a little slow time, so I don't have to deal with those Karens or those really <laughs> not not nice people that are not nice to me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That have Karen. Because you know, Karen energy can come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> men and, and and you know and angry women and and, and angry men, mainly men because they're yeah. men. But I don't want to be dealing with people being mad at me because I'm not like you know like I'm not trying to be you know. Well, and so yeah. um, people will they they don't even know how they are sometimes, and it's like, hey, I'm not gonna be the one to try to try, try to teach you life's lessons here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, people behave really young. Well, so. sometimes with loans involved and I don't want to be on the receiving yeah. end of that. And so yeah. that's what I'm saying. When I, when I, when I borrow that money well, it yeah. means that when it's going slow, I can say no to that money because yeah. I'm sitting in that account. Yep. So that's, that's stuff like that. Is yeah. Um, and I'll pop into like before I started my business, I was trying to get money out of my home equity. Like I started a home equity line of credit process and I put in my two months notice. That was way too much time because it only lasted two days. And, and then and then my home equity line of credit like application had to be closed because my income went from what it was to zero. And so and, and that was super scary because I was planning that I was trying to get that money during the good times, right? And yes. yeah, anyone looking to take a leap, you'll definitely want to tap into equity, cash out refinance, whatever. Spark- when you don't need it. Yeah. When you don't need it. Yeah. When you don't need it. Yeah, that's the first part with. But thinking future wise, you may need that. Yeah. And so you said, tell me, successful business, what what made you jump into creating software as a solution? Well, a couple of things. So I'm asked actually also during my peak of my work, I actually also became an adjunct professor at Pepperdine and took a paper. <laughs> I wasn't fulfilled spiritually. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, imagine this you save someone. $800,000 and they're still pissed at you. <laughs> you, you know, you know, someone owes a million dollars and then you lower it to $200,000 yeah. and they're like, why do I owe 200? I'm like, you probably really owe like 700. Yeah. So you're just glad it's only 200. So <laughs> having that works so mad. Yeah. I was, un, I was unfulfilled spiritually. Yep. And so in being in that situation, I started to look for something else. And so that's why I took an adjunct professor. So I work as an adjunct professor at Pepperdine wow. and, and I help low-income people sort of save money and stuff like that and tax tools and things like that. So it, it's it's awesome. So I get to provide the same level of service that I do as, as a lawyer to people that don't have money, people yeah. that look like me, people that don't look like me, people that come from places where I come from and so on and so forth. And so yeah. it's really nice that, that, and then all my students learn so much. So it's really nice for them to sort of be in that position. So I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, awesome. so, so, so that's cool. And so then after years of doing this work with the IRS on, on the, on the, on the private side, I'm like, you know, there's this issue where the, the QuickBooks, FreshBooks, the profit and loss doesn't match the tax. Yeah. Right? Like, why, so, why, why is that? That's crazy, right? Right. Yeah. Why is that? It's going to go on the, on the tax return anyway. And why doesn't it just match from the gate? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and so 
that that's sort of where I was coming from with what I was doing. So what I started doing with time there is I would just instead of trying to fix QuickBooks, which was a worst nightmare, I would just get all this all the bank statements. Yeah. Uh, went into an OCR, spit it onto an Excel spreadsheet, and then categorize everything according to the tax return. Yep. And and so all of a sudden I started doing these audits, and I'm talking about auditors, chief counsel, which are tax attorneys of the IRS. Yep. They would look at my, my work and they'd be like, dude, this is awesome. You're yes. Like, this is actually almost done. You know what I'm saying? And and so in, in doing that, I was I felt really like like, wow, I'm like, this is kind of cool. So I'm like, why isn't the software already like this? No. And so what I did is like, I'm gonna create something that's that just streamlines the process of books. No. What I started doing is when you do your books, like let's say you're an escort, I only allow you to select categories from the escort category. Okay. That's going to go on your tax return. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're actually categorizing and also getting yourself ready for your tax return. So at the end of the year, when you're done with your bookkeeping, you're done with a version of your tax return. That's something that no software does. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. that's why I call it SyncBooks because the the the, the PL sticks to your tax return. That's awesome. Yep. And and I know exactly what you mean because I remember my first year of my business and like I was using QuickBooks and like I was able to do the categories in QuickBooks. But when it came time to do taxes, I was like. Like this isn't matching Schedule C like stuff like so like no, exactly where does it go and and yeah. why why is it like that and so like it's super fresh for me and and anyone that's probably went and tried doing this stuff on their own too they're probably like what the heck like or or they have like a bookkeeper that gives them one thing and then they give it to their accountant and then it comes back as something different so you're able to just kind of streamline those things and yep. and yeah I I use sync books and so you're able to pull up both the profit loss, but then you can also pull up the version of the tax return. And it sounds like it's yeah. customized, right? To the, their type yeah. of entity that they, they are. Yeah. Because a hundred percent of small businesses must file tax return. It's not like optional. Yep. So then like, why not just all, you know what I mean? Why not just get it ready for that time? Yep. Here's the deal. The issue is it's not gap accounting, right? In gap accounting, I'm telling you this right now, it's this freaking disaster and it's made for, like, in my opinion, it's, like made for bigger businesses that do need that kind of auditing and that kind of oh. like checks and balances. If you are running a burger shop, you don't give a crap about <laughs> Gap Accounting. Yep. If you're selling shirts, you know, on, on Melrose Boulevard in LA where I'm from and you're making like 500K a year, you don't give a crap about Gap Accounting. You're like, how much did I spend on the shirts and how much did it sell? And how much yeah. was the electricity? And yeah. how much was worker one and worker two? That's what you care about. You sit yep. at the end. You know what I mean? Like you care about like, how am I going to survive? How am I going to get sales? Like, no. Right. And so gap accounting is like this very complicated system. And even now, like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm working with my own finances and I have to do some like reporting type stuff. And I'm like answering all of the math with like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Like, like you're asking me this on something like this. And it's like, like, it's because they're like trying to get gap compliant. I'm like, gap compliance is like, makes no freaking sense. Yeah. For what you guys are trying to do. Like it literally is a disaster for, for my startup. That's not even made at that time, maybe not even 200 K. Yeah. And you're doing this much work. Like, do you understand how that makes no sense? Yeah. That's wild. And you know, I, I took a tax, a couple tax classes way back when, and, and I remember something about gap. I remember it not making too much sense, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That's where like a lot of people try to, to aim to match that stuff yeah, up where. It doesn't, if you're not needed, if you're Nordstrom and you're making like, you've got like different departments yep. because income, 
totally makes sense because you got to know, like, you have to have measures to make sure that everything's being accounted for correctly. You have different different yep. things. But again, if you're just a small company, you don't need that. I'm telling yep. you, if, for the record, the IRS says under five million, pen and paper is totally okay. Over five million to twenty five million, it is a mandatory accrual accounting, which okay. still can be pen and paper. Yep. Twenty five million and over, mandatory gap accounting. So yeah. Why are you making like somebody do this hard accounting when they're making two hundred k a year? You know, selling like boxing equipment. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so anyways, that's that's yeah, sort of so right, like right with the current system. You saw like all these other big big hitters, big named kind of bookkeeping solutions didn't even have this and, and you went and created it yourself. And, and, and like, what, what made you think? Cause I'm sure you, you were busy with the business family being an adjunct professor as well. Like what made you think, Oh, oh I have time to do this, <laughs> this startup as well. YOLO. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. No, you know, I, I, I wanted to do, you know, it's like no guts, no glory. You yeah. Know, I, I put like about 300K of my own money into this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know, at the, at the moment, what I learned, here's what I learned. This is something very important to anybody else. Yeah. It's like, what I learned is that people don't care about software as much as they're not. Yeah. People say, people say they want everything done automatically and they just want it. Like, I just want a simpler version of it, but I just want something. Here's an issue. Once there's a simpler solution or once, or even let's just say Excel, mm-hmm. it's, they still want human oversight. Yeah. That's the problem. So if you get the most perfect, look, QuickBooks is worth like billions of dollars and they can create the perfect AI, the perfect everything. And people are still going to be like, cool. Can someone look over it? Guess what? Yeah. If, if Lucas is going to look over it, I'm going to look over it. I'm like, that's cool that QuickBooks did all that stuff. I got to do my own work. Yep. And I'm still going to charge you the full rate, like if I get it myself. Yep. That's yep. the difference that people don't understand. And so what we did, we went as a standalone software at first. And then people, I'm like, here's 15 bucks a month, standalone software. Yep. I don't want to do it. And so I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, fine. What if I charge you 300 bucks a month and I do it for you? People are like, I'm down with that. Yeah. Holy moly. Okay. I'm like, okay. So all of a sudden, we start getting clients that are willing to pay more as long as we do the work. Yeah. But it's it'll, doing a lot of the stuff for you. It's yeah. And I, but I'm trying to show people that it does it for you. People are like, I don't care. I don't want to, I don't want to think about it. And it yeah. It's like that thing where like, I always use the analogy that finances is also could be like, like, like someone who has an unhealthy relationship to food. If you mm-hmm. see someone who's like too skinny or too overweight, you're like that person at the moment, maybe has health conditions, but maybe not a healthy relationship with food. Yeah. Same thing could be with money. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, like even me, like I've lost some weight, but like in, you know, you and I talk about, you know, lifting and all that stuff. Yeah. I have all the, I have enough resources to buy the most expensive food, to hire a trainer, yeah. to do all this stuff. And I just never took initiative until recently. Yeah. Even though this whole time I've had the money to do all that stuff, I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Same thing happens with money. Even if people have the time, they just, they're like, <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. Yep, yep. I'd rather have someone else do it and people will pay for that. And so yep. we switched from being standalone software only to also being tech-enabled services. Yep. And that is, is, is where we just blew up. You know what wow. I'm saying? And so, you know, we went from making like, you know, about, you know, 
couple hundred dollars a month to $4,500 a month. And I mean, I think last month we had like almost like, we had like a $40,000 a month. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's like monthly recurring revenue uh, along with upsells and stuff like that. And so it's, it's been remarkable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's been remarkable. And that, that's in a short time span, right? Because I know like it, it was going kind of slow going early on. Like, yes, there's people there, but, but yeah, it's exploded in the last year or so. Is that accurate? Almost a year. Um, it started around the real growth started around the gamble of last year. Yeah. She's well, yeah. that's, that's awesome. What lessons would you say that you've kind of learned so far in the process? I know there's, there's still plenty of ways and things you can grow across the board, across the businesses, but like, what, what would you say that you've learned as far as a, a lesson along the way? You know, don't, don't seek too much advice from other people. If you know, if you're a domain expert, yeah, right. If you're not a domain expert and that's fine, right. You're like trying to get into something new you don't know about. That's cool. no. you know, like, I want to get into social networking type stuff. And I'm, I don't, I'm not an expert. In that. Just, yeah. I do, I do it like as for fun, you know, in our little group and stuff. Like yep. that, so. so I maybe seek out stuff like that, but if you're a domain expert, you don't, well, you might want to learn about it or things that are like, you know, like in a relationship to you. Know I mean? mm -hmm. um, be careful with like, you know, who you work with, you know, one of the most important things is that I've learned. This is from Antonio from um, Tangelo and Interesante. When I was trying to hire a developer, she was like, she didn't like dating. Yeah. They like dating because I was trying to give developers a test and people got pissed. You don't do that. I'm like, and he was like, she didn't like dating. He's like, you know, slow to hire, quick to fire. Yeah. So you get a developer, you, you, you pay them for their time. You say, Hey, I'm work on this one project. If they talk, just get rid of them. That's yeah. it. You pay them for their time. There's, there's no hard feelings. You're like, yeah, yeah. hire this project pay. And thank you. Goodbye. You know? Yeah. And so that's what I've learned. And it's been amazing, you know, because like I'll, I'll potentially better work with someone. I'll hire them for small projects. Yeah. But if they're awesome, like, let's go. Yeah. Then you lock them down. Put a ring yeah, on it. Lock them down. <laughs> it, exactly. You lock them down and put a ring on it. And, but you got to be mindful that at that time, somebody else could put a ring on it too. Yep. Yep. Right. And, and so you, 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 but you know, so you have to be very creative on it. Other thing I've also seen are like bad partnerships, you know, that, that blow up really bad. And so yep. I've been someone who, who has been slow. Like I finally am going to have a co founder, someone that I've known for a long time and really oh, nice. easing into their, easing into the relationship. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's got a marketing background and that's kind of, we have like the company that's, you know, we can scale this to a hundred million dollars. DZ or what we have right now. Jeez. There's so many, there's so many clients out there. You know what I mean? That I just feel like it's very possible to get there. So now we just need yeah. customers coming in because remember we went from all of our clients mainly being referrals yep. to all of our new clients being strangers we never met before. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden you got, Hey, I've never met you before. My fee is 700 bucks a month. And they're like, okay, cool. Let's, let's get it going. Never yeah. met you before again. And all of a sudden our growth just goes <laughs> high. Yep. And so that, that, that's kind of the beauty of it. Don't be afraid to test different things. Yeah. But boy, the, the, the two biggest ones is like, you know, trust your guy. And the second one is like, like, like do those slow to hire foot to fire projects with people and you'll yeah. like get quality work because you'll be able you'll see how many people you need to fire yeah even if well, they, 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 talk, they talk a big game they're working with you and you're like 
if you see all these red flags, you're like, yeah. guess what? We don't have a commitment by I'll, I'll yeah. take the loss. I'll take the L, you know? Yep. And, and the good ones too, like we'll put out their, their best work too, uh, even though it's uh, a smaller project because yeah, it's just, that's how that's who you want. People go about their business. Like that's just how that, they, that's who you want. That's who you want. Perfect. What I know, <laughs> I know you're not a fan of LLC Twitter. I don't think any, any experts actually are. So tell me one, one thing that you've seen that drives you nuts about that LLC Twitter that is super bad, causes tons of audits. It doesn't cause tons of audits. I hate to say it, but I hate <laughs> to say, put, put your personal stuff inside your LLC, you know? Like, oh yeah. If you just start, and I hate the ones that people create all these trusts and all these different, like, and I'm like, dude, like, it's wrong. It doesn't make any sense. You know, you know what I always love to do? I always love to add the IRS criminal investigation division. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I always do that. That's, that's who does that. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this criminal investigation division? Yeah. Uh, that, that drives me nuts. You know, here's the operations. Here's the thing that I hate the most. Yeah. Is get a bookkeeper and a CPA. Mm -hmm. you know, if you're making money, if you're not making, if you're just like selling stuff on eBay, you're making like 14K a year. Yeah. But if you're like making like 240K a year on on, on eBay, whatever you think, get a bookkeeper and get a CPA or, yep. or, or combo of both. Because what I don't, what I, well, the people that get in trouble, first of all, most of my audits come from people that do their own work or people that have a bad budget. Those okay. Good, good, be, good bookkeepers will stay with the client and they'll help yep. in the audits. Rare. Usually, once I start asking questions, they get defensive and they go on these. Yeah. There I go. When there's a CPA involved, Audits, maybe I've gotten like, maybe like one to 2% of my audits have a CPA involved, a yep. bad CPA or something like that, but it's yep. rare. CPAs yep. are usually like, and EAs too, are like gold standard. Yeah. You know, non-licensed bookkeepers, sometimes they're, you know, they're okay. They're not the worst, but you know, you want to make sure that they have other clients like you. They're not just, you're like the only project who's their only income source. And so, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they don't really do this. It just kind of, they're okay at that. Yeah. Yep. And and sometimes it's what happens is like some people just don't know how to ask you to do something or like they're, they're supposed to be providing your service, but they need more information, but they're too afraid to ask for some reason. And, and yeah, that's, that's not a good way to operate when they, they need to know the information. They need to get it in there accurate for you. Perfect. As we kind of wrap up any kind of last thoughts you wanted to share with people. Don't be afraid of firing. I, as a lawyer, have hired bad lawyers. Yeah. I, as a lawyer, have hired that that were professionals and supposed to be licensed, and I fired their butts. <laughs> and so you don't you don't have to stay with them. I, you know, I've had people that promised me all the stuff and, and didn't do it, and I fired yeah. the heck out of them. Yeah. So, so I just cannot say that enough because if if you keep them on, they're gonna make your stuff worse, and your project yeah. may never even come to fruition. Yeah. Because because of because you kept you stayed with them, and they're just gonna be like, well, you know, like you know, you should have done X. Yeah. Like you told me to do Y. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't know. You know, it's all this stuff. So at any rate, that's yeah. my point. You know, don't yeah. be afraid to fire people. Fire them fast as well. That's that's awesome. Uh, I know if I ever do look to start adding employees and kind of growing my business, I, I'm gonna lean on you a ton just to kind of coach coach me through because that, that's my biggest fear. Like I don't I don't want to hire some bad and all of a sudden they'd put out bad work and kind of tarnish level up and, and me. 
but I also like don't want to have to fire them. Like that, that's, that sounds great. That's why the small project thing is like key for people. I hate my yep. people too. Yep. My wife will get mad at me because <laughs> I'm like, well, why don't you do it? She's like, I don't want to. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't. Yep. So just to be clear, it doesn't feel good. Yep. I know that this is a, a, a potential harm to the company. I mean, yeah. so that's what we want to avoid. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I appreciate all that. The information is awesome getting to know you like a little bit more in the weeds kind of background and, and get a better understanding of who Isai is. Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting levelupfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.